the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. American prosperity is the bedrock of freedom and security all over the world. An obligation to the heritage of liberty and dignity handed down to us by our forefathers. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Height, guest hosting again today for Mr. Ed Martin. Glad to be able to step into the booth, talk with you all today, and cover a lot of important issues that we need to talk about. Lots of things going on, lots of things you need to know, and a couple of great interviews coming forward today that you will want to be a part of. Uh, So, let us get started and get going. Before we go any further, though, I'll remind you, head over to ProAmericaReport.com. There you'll find Ed's Substack. You can subscribe to the goings-on, things he's doing and talking and writing about, and also go to phyllisschlafly.com. There you're going to find the archives of the Pro-America Report program. You'll get the podcast, the standalone segments for each guest, links and resources, and most importantly there, you can sign up for the daily wink email at phyllisschlafly.com. That'll come into your inbox every weekday morning. You don't want to miss it. Don't be left out. Go over to phyllisschlafly.com and sign up for that today. Go to proamericareport.com Catch up with Ed's Substack and what all is going on. And welcome back to another edition of the Pro-America Report. Again, this is Ryan Height filling in here for Mr. Ed Martin today. And I am glad to be with you to kick off this incredibly important time that we get to spend together. we got a couple of great guests. Hugh Brown from the American Life League is going to join us. Ed actually was able to sit down and record an interview with him as well as... An interview with John Schlafly. We get the weekly Schlafly report today. It's a good column. I've read it, but I'm looking forward to hearing from John today. I am excited uh, for these two interviews. I hope that you are as well. But before we get there, let's remember what comes first. The wink. What you need to know. This first segment, this first all-important segment uh, where we talk about something absolutely important that you need to know about. Something big, something huge, something massive that is going on here in America And I tell you what, what you need to know today, Americans are tired of immigration. Americans are sick and tired of immigration. I know that we talk about this issue a lot. It comes back up. It's it's been around for years. We've continued to talk about this, but it's huge. This is a big deal. Uh, What borders we have, the status of our borders, the people that we let in and to assimilate to this nation. These are all huge, consequential Things that we must discuss, that we must have policies set forth uh, on as a nation. 
This is a big deal. This is one of the biggest deals for us to cover as a populace, as a voting public. So it's an issue that doesn't go away. And it's one that uh, drives an incredible amount of public opinion that drives the election year polling, as we're seeing. And uh, right now it's driving a bunch of polling away from Joe Biden. That's for sure. A bunch of polling away from Joe Biden and the Democrat Party and the left, the radical left, as they are pushing for more and more huge influx of immigration, uh, illegal and otherwise, a huge influx of uh, disbanding the rules and just bringing in people willy nilly, handing them citizenship, handing them voting rights, handing them driver's licenses. It is an ongoing circus of errors, and people are sick and tired of it. There's an interesting story coming out of a Colorado town that we should talk about, um, and that is from the town of Monument City. The Monument City Council this week voted 7-0 to to not become a sanctuary city. (laughs) That's a little different. We keep hearing stories about uh, places turning into sanctuary cities. They're going to ignore immigration laws, kind of like the Biden administration's doing. They're going to ignore uh, deportations. They're going to ignore the way that we ought to do things and instead just come on in and welcome uh, everyone in without any kind of system. In fact, let's just go ahead and pay for it as well and just have everyone come on in and, and it'll be hunky-dory. We'll sit around the campfire and sing Kumbaya with public tax dollars, something like that. I don't know what they think they're doing. But there are cities that are responding to places like Denver that are grappling with an incredible influx of immigrants and places around them are saying, nope, we can't do that. Uh, don't, and and it's not even a matter of, of being pro or against immigrants. It's not a matter of being uh, for helping people or against helping people. It's a matter of what we can and cannot do. It's just black and white, plain numbers on the page, black and white, plain what is best for the people who are here and frankly, for the people who are coming in. We can't do it. So that was uh, that was something that went down this week. Monument City, uh, the city council, the mayor actually said that the goal is to make sure Denver knows that we will not be accepting any busloads of migrants into our community. We do not have a budget that matches theirs and we don't utilize. We won't utilize taxpayer funds for the support of what they've decided to take on themselves as a self-declared sanctuary city. Now, here's here's what uh, brought this about Denver just down the road, 30, 40 miles, I believe, from Monument City. Denver, just down the road, has taken in about 40,000 illegal immigrants over the last year as a part of their sanctuary city status. 40,000. Now, listen, Denver's population is just over 700,000. That means about 5% of the city has been taken in over the last year as illegal immigrants. 5%. That's huge. 5% of the city has come in over the last year as a part of the sanctuary city policies. And neighboring towns like Monument are forced to stand up and say, this cannot come over here. This cannot spill over to our community. We will not take this on. We're, in fact, going to stand up very publicly and unanimously, according to the city council, and say no. And that's not, they're not the only ones. This has been going on in other places, too. This has just happened Mesa County, uh, which passed a similar resolution this week, another Colorado uh, municipality nearby. They are having to stand up and say, no, we are done with this. And, and, and these shenanigans that you, Denver, are pulling on to yourself are affecting the rest of us. And we have to stand up and do something about it. And this isn't just a happening in Colorado. This is not an isolated incident by any stretch of the imagination. Let's take a trip over to New York. You'll see that Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, he is dealing with record low approval numbers, record low approval numbers. It is tanking very fast, very hard on him. 
And that is directly related to the incredible influx of immigrants, uh, illegal immigrants that have come into New York that they've brought in, to incredible amount of money that they have put into housing people at the disadvantage of their own citizens or to the disadvantage of their own citizens, of New Yorkers. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. And they're having to go and, and you know do all kinds of crazy things. Last November, they authorized citywide budget cuts. Public services were being eliminated so that New York City could afford the waves of illegal immigration coming in because of their status as a sanctuary city. That is absolutely incredible. And now, Eric Adams' numbers as the New York City mayor show less than 3 in 10, less than 30% approve of the job he is doing. This is a record low, not just for Eric Adams. This is a record low for any mayor ever in New York City. A record low. So instead, we're canceling these. Just this week, they announced we're canceling these proposed budget cuts. Instead, we have to reduce the taxpayer funding that is going to newly arrived border crossers and illegal aliens. Specifically, they said that they were going to cut another 10% of city-funded services for these illegal immigrants and border crossers. It, it, It is backfiring at a level of epic proportions against sanctuary cities, against this radical leftist move to open our borders, to pull people in. It does not work. People are sick and tired of it. The American people are sick and tired of it. Guess what? This is not loving. This is not caring. This is not kind. This is not helpful to anyone, especially not to the citizens and residents of the United States of America, but not even to the people that we are allowing to be abused by this system and brought in. To the people who are being shoved through this funnel coming up through South and Central America, uh, coming across the seas all the way to Mexico to get funneled in by the gangs and cartels and the human traffickers. We are feeding this system. The sanctuary cities, I should say, are feeding this system of travesty, this tragic human crisis happening at the borse, at, at our southern border. It must be stopped And Americans are sick and tired of it. They are seeing and feeling the ramifications of it. Neighboring cities to these sanctuary cities are seeing and feeling and responding to the overwhelming burden that it is placing upon the budgets and the lives of our American citizens and residents. And it's happening also in places like New York, where they're backpedaling quickly, quickly backpedaling as the plans fall apart. This is not how a country functions. This is not how a nation continues. It is an existential threat, and we must face it. That is why this is one of the most consequential issues of the 2024 campaign. And I believe that the American public has the right mindset about this. The majority of them, they must make the right electoral decision this fall because this is an existential question that America must answer. How will we handle our borders? The way that it's being done now is not, hand, is not cutting it. How will we handle sanctuary cities and the status of illegal immigrants and crossers to America? The way that sanctuary cities are doing it now isn't cutting it. Americans are sick and tired of it. They see what's happened. They see what's happening. And they want something different. That's why Eric Adams is tanking. That's why Denver's suburban neighbors are having to stand up and say, no, not here. Not what you've done, Denver. And that's where we are. Americans are sick and tired of it. They see it. And we've got to change. We've got to change. That's what you need to know. Americans are sick and tired of this illegal immigration status. All right. We've got to move on to the next segment. Stick around. A couple of great guests coming you won't want to miss it. Go to ProAmericaReport. 
PhilRapport.com, PhyllisSchlafly.com, and we'll see you right back here after the break on the Pro-America Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. It's been a while since we had my friend Hugh Brown, who is the executive vice president of the American Life League. And uh, I know, as we've, we've talked about a number of times, uh, work with him uh, at the American Life League, working on uh, the Planned Parenthood-focused uh, effort called STOP. Uh, but uh, but uh, Hugh's uh, uh, docket is even bigger. American Life League, if you go to uh, their website, you'll see education uh, resources. You'll see uh, advocacy in terms of uh, what's happening with the issue. And, and they have a press release out uh, that I saw last week. American Life League calls out the NAACP over the death of 20 million black babies. And the great thing about this is it's an open letter uh, from the founder and uh, and the uh, leader of the American Life League, the extraordinary historic uh, figure, Judy Brown. That's uh, Hugh's mom. So welcome back, Hugh. How are you? I'm doing great, Ed. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, so Hugh, you know, I, I, I wondered about this. I'm, I was going to ask you when I saw you uh, last week uh, in person about this question. You know, you work in your career. You've been in business. You're in education. You've been a coach. You've been a, a player of a uh, high level uh, division one football in Maryland. So, you know, you, 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 you lived your life in a multicultural mishmash. You still do. How come? African-Americans don't recognize this, what happened to, there's so much emphasis on the, the African-American community, you know, know our community, know our history, and they ignore this part, because this is outrageous, the details in this letter. Well, that's that's a very good question, and actually it's a, um, something that I dealt with directly yesterday. Yesterday, we took took our uh, high school, uh, uh, we have a Catholic high school here in Fredericksburg, uh, Virginia, and we took the high school to the Virginia March for Life. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the high school, you know, is probably 65, 70% uh, African American. Um, uh, we have a very big uh, emphasis, obviously, on the faith, on education, and we've got some very good sports teams, um, and the kids are outstanding. And I was asked some excellent questions, right? And I was actually asked not exactly that question, but uh, had the conversation that in the uh, African-American community, abortion is just accepted as the way that it is, that mm-hmm. if a woman has a baby or becomes pregnant and doesn't want that child, that the, the simple understanding amongst men is that if she doesn't want to have the baby, that's up to her and it doesn't go beyond that. And so the conversations we have are that no one ever discusses the fact that you're dealing with a human being, right? right. You're dealing with, with, with two, two human beings. And, and if you go back to the sort of the, the indoctrination of America into the aborted, contraceptive abortive mindset all the way back to Margaret Sanger, you know, she referred to, to, to black people as human weeds and the targeting and elimination of minorities. And even Ruth uh, Bader Ginsburg said she thought abortion was, to, her quote, to get rid of people that we thought we didn't want more of. Right. Who's yeah. she talking about? Right. She's right. talking about black people. Yeah. So, you know, the white liberals, right. Liberal America, whatever you want to call them, demonic America has put a major emphasis on creating abortion and what they refer to as the access to abortion and the right to abortion as a fundamental African-American issue. And they say black women are more likely to die in childbirth and black women are more likely to do this. So we must have abortion. And it all is simply uh, not true. It's lies, it's deception, and it's intent 
on eliminating the black population. That's what it is. Why haven't folks woken up to it? Well, I think they are. The reason they haven't is that nobody tells the truth. Yeah. Conversation you and I are having. Have you heard this conversation anywhere else ever? Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, no, you're exactly, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, but think and think about the numbers. I mean, it's overwhelming to say to say out loud 20 million conservatively, 20 million uh, black babies. I think that number is 40 million. It wasn't at 40. Maybe I misread it because I'm old, didn't have my glasses, but I I, thought it said 40 million. I, well, I think I think I think I think I think the number of well, I, I think the argument is it could be up to 40 million. I think for to be safe. That's why I said right. it's being safe. It's 20 million. I think there, there's a really good argument that you could. But you don't want to get accused. You don't want to let them debate that point when they uh, counter this letter. Right. But I, I guess my point is, um, you know, when it comes to and, and that's what I'm saying, you, 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 Hugh Brown, and we're talking to Hugh Brown, the executive vice president of American Life League, have have sort of. You know, you're not just a kid who grew up in uh, Southern Virginia and stayed in your town and and became a businessman. You know, you went and and even in, in who you work with now and the kids you work with. And it surprises me that the light doesn't come on uh, in a way that, that and I guess if I mean this, that would translate into something akin to uh Outrage, because if you, as you know, the media is able to. And this is, I think, this is the factor. The media will ignore this question, right? They'll ignore. They will never confront the NAACP and say, "Wait, your mission is for uh, you know colored people, for African Americans. Why doesn't this come on your radar?" They'll, they won't ask them. So if you won't ask them, then you don't have to answer, and then you don't have to have outrage, and you don't have to have a. And, and even as you said, among ourselves, meaning white people or other people, we don't say it. So we're on, so we, we self censor to not to say, hey, America's killing black babies in a much higher percentage than others. If you think it's bad that we have a crappy school system, I do, too, for mostly black kids. But we, we also are killing them. And nobody will say that. No. And that's the issue. So in the lead up to the march yesterday, I had a conversation with one of the young men who is on my staff, who is a, a, a black coach. You know, he's in his 30s. And he had, you know, he initially had some some significant concerns. You know, he shared privately with me about the march because of the mindset, right? And so we talked, I don't know, for 45 minutes late into the evening. And, um, you know, I said things to him that had never been said to him before, right? We talked right. about things that he'd never heard before. He, we talked about things that he'd never even considered before, right? And at the end of that phone call, I mean, it was very, very personal, but at the end of that phone call, you know, his, his eyes were open and you have to, you have to be willing to have those conversations. So why you ask the question, why? Because of what you said, self-censoring. Yes. So I think a lot of people are afraid to talk about anything because they, because the, of what happened during 2020 and they're afraid of being called some type of racist or whatever. It's just nonsense, man. You have to tell the truth. You have to have courage. You just have to confront this thing head on. And, and again, yesterday when we did the March, um, you know, the entire school was there and it was great. And people, the kids asked some wonderful questions. And as I said, we, 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 we got our feet wet for many of them on an issue that probably they've never even talked about before in their, mm-hmm. in their homes. Or if it does come up, it's that some families are uncomfortable even talking about it, regardless of color. Right. Yeah. Because the other side's painted it as a fundamental health care, human right. Just nonsense. It's mm-hmm. deception. And they never discuss the word baby. Never. Yeah. Well, and, you know, here and, and we're talking to Hugh Brown again, and we're referring to the open letter to the NAACP, to the president and the CEO, Derek Johnson, which I, I, I got to imagine he won't respond to. But Judy Brown, the founder and the president of the American Life League, wrote this a few days ago. And um, one, one of the to, to that point, Hugh, 
Um, the the uh, in March of 2024. Uh, um, sorry, no, excuse me. In the 2023 document, I'm trying to pull this up. Here we go. Uh, the NAACP in this document, they called it women's rights to reproductive freedom and health. And they identified, quote, abortion access, end quote, as a racial justice issue. So, you know, you want to say, um, could you have also had a little discussion about, you know, targeting uh, abortion to uh, black communities? Is that a racial justice issue? And the point is language, as you say, if you if you are willing to say that the racial justice issue is abortion access, a lot of people don't get past that. And, 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 the, and you know, one of the pro- one of the real problems here is the NAACP has credibility. It's sad that they do, but they have credibility. And that's a problem. I mean, you know, this crosses over one of the things American Life League does. And people love to go to the website uh, to check it out is if you go and look at the um, ALL.org, it's a charity watch list. And you can look and say, who, who are the charities that's supposed to be on our, on our side, you know, pro-life and, and protecting and you know, go through that. But the NAACP, they do have credibility because the community allows it. The nation allows it when they should be not credible. They should be discredited. Well, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? It comes down to uh, the, just the climate and the culture. That we currently live in, people don't want to talk about anything related to race because there's a, a level of fear, right? A level of intimidation, a level of, oh, what makes me uncomfortable? And it's just nonsense, man. You have to have courage. You have to, to be able to talk about anything related to life because it matters. And the work of the enemy, meaning the devil, is to confuse, to, indem- to intimidate, and create fear where you won't confront truth or tell truth to confront deception. And that's mm. what we're dealing with. Yeah. And that's absolutely not a problem for the American Life League because we have been called to tell the truth. And that's right. what we do. And if it makes you uncomfortable, there's a reason. It's part of the it's part of the mission. It's part of the mission. All right. Hugh Brown speaking of uncomfortable. I'm out of time. So I'm, I'm sorry to cut us off. Hugh right, Brown, always so much. Executive vice president of the American Life League. Uh, thank you. And thanks for calling in. He was I uh, mentioned he was down at the March for Life in Richmond yesterday uh, and on the move. A lot going on. So go to the website ALL.org and check out the incredible letter uh, from uh, Judy Brown. ALL.org. And I'll post the letter up on social media. We'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, I had to record John Schlafly earlier today uh, because I was on the move. So I recorded my segment with him and I want to encourage you to listen to it. It's coming up in a moment. Uh, we'll go right to it. Um, uh, I record. I thought I, I thought we'd get a few more minutes. We ran out of time. Um, so uh, I'm going to set it up. My encouragement to you is to go and visit uh, phyllisschlafly.com, phyllisschlafly.com, and go check out the archive of John and Andy Schlafly. Schlafly's columns. Um, they do a really nice job. They're they're uh, good columns, but they're also very topical for the time period. And you can read backwards uh, about a month, uh, maybe five, maybe five weeks where you're still getting something that's re- relevant today. They do a good job on that. Um, so feel free. I encourage you to do that. And uh, and also, if you get a chance and you think something about the uh, uh, the 
column, send a comment. It encourages writers more than you can know to have people send a message that they're doing well. So without further ado, we're going to go right to the pre-recorded interview with John Schlafly uh, and the Schlafly report that he co-authors with Phyllis Schlafly, with <laughs> Phyllis Schlafly's other son, one of her other sons, Andy Schlafly. Here we go. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. John Schlafly is with us finally. He's got a column out hours ago. It posted over at uh, townhall.com. It's now available, archived always at phyllisschlafly.com. This is a good one, John. I have to say, John and Andy Schlafly, they do columns every week. Uh, a sustained effort and very, uh, very good, all of it. But this one is entitled, Biden imprisons his rivals until they die too. And I think it was excellent, John. I think this was really uh, well-timed. I mean, un- as we, the, the, the mandatory uh, disclaimer, none of us uh, thinks that uh, Putin critic, a uh, critic, Alex, Alexei Navalny, oh my gosh, Navalny should have died. It's a tragedy. It looks like a murder, but on we go, John. And uh, I think it was, uh, I think President Trump actually, since this posted hours ago uh, in a, an interview with Laura Ingram said something. We've got Navalny in America too. And I, I my my thing, John. I'm ranting a bit. Is you know you're gonna President Biden's gonna lecture us. And uh, you, you know, did you know, John, that uh, I didn't see it in this column that uh, that many of the people who attended Navalny's funeral were detained by um, by uh, the the police in in uh, Russia. And they were released 24 hours within 24 hours with a small fine. Now, they probably had their name put on a list and they may never get a job again, but they were released in America. When you go on January 6, 2021, there's 1300 people arrested, most of them still in many of them still in jail, some for decades and a pledge from Joe Biden to continue to arrest people until his election day, one a day. So don't brag to me that people are only uh, getting troubled by a a uh, a, pre- a president who's uh, not you know looking out for his own interests only in Russia. So there you go, John. That's my rant. Uh, first of all, what was the re- what was the reaction to this column? Did you get any pushback? Uh, pushback. Well, uh, you know, there's certainly been a pushback to uh, uh, what Trump has said, which is basically the same thing which is that, you know, what happened to Navalny, I mean, there are parallels between Trump. And also we talk about the case of Julian Assange, who uh, has been targeted for a lifetime sentence in the United States. Uh, you know, we're trying, they've been trying to get uh, Great Britain to extradite him to the United States. And so, but the Trump things, I mean, oh, you know, Trump, if, if he is taken to trial on all of these cases and he's in he's almost certain to be convicted and sentenced to long prison terms and he'd be in jail for the rest of his life if they're able to get away with this John you John you one of the one of the things I was going to say to somebody is if you take away from somebody through litigation all of their time let me just say it this way at what point do you get to say that you're taking something that you're you know putting someone in a in a in a prison of sorts so you take away all their time they have to be in court they have to focus on this massive amounts of money and then at the end of this 
as I tell people, the fine in the New York case, you know, up, up, up close to $400 million is basically an I hate you fine. Uh, I hate you, Donald Trump fine, because there's no one who gets the money. There's no restitution to the taxpayers because they lost out. There's no restitution to the banks because they lost out. It's just I, I hate you, uh, a, a, a Donald Trump fine. And at a certain point, a normal person would be crippled by this. A normal person would be. I mean, each one of these cases requires its own team of lawyers. I mean, and uh, uh, devoting their full time to this because there's so many ramifications of each one. And I guess there's about, what is it, four criminal cases and and three major civil cases. I mean, it's it's a nightmare. It's And Trump has been attending these court hearings in the daytime and then going out at night and putting on his show before 20,000 people. It's just amazing as his stamina, uh, his endurance for doing that at, at his age. And it's just the contrast between him and Biden is just remarkable. The uh, uh, John Schlafly, his column is uh, available again over at Phyllis dot com. Uh, it is uh, archived there. Um, John, uh, the uh, before I want to ask you about Mayorkas's impeachment, but uh, and, and the comment you make about RFK Jr. But uh, before that, do, do you at this point, seeing how far they'll go? Uh, meaning the New York case, this you know, first of all the the defamation ruling, and now this other ruling. It's you know they're into the they're into the um they're into the period where the the, the sort of highlights. They're running the they're now they're running the the major events now. Uh, do you, is there anything that makes you think they're not going to have the case in New York and on March twenty fifth, and then uh, e- even something in D.C. soon after? Well, there are rumors about that the legal team is working on you know. Uh, still, you know, working on uh, a filing that could, you know, uh, raise issues that might avert those trials. So I'm, I'm watching it closely. It could happen. Um, uh, anything could happen because these actions are unprecedented, and there are legal issues that have to be decided. And that I believe that the Trump team is working on writing briefs, which will. Uh, present those issues to the court. So we'll see what happens. Uh, all right, John. So you make this comment in the paragraph. We're done with John's life about his column. Uh, uh, two, two, um, two, com- two comments you made in the same paragraph. Mayorkas impeachment and RFK Jr. Um, and uh, I guess the... Um, that looks like uh, uh, at least Mayorkas impeachment. Um, the uh, the oh, so sorry, I'm not, not the impeachment. Me recently impeached the RFK Jr. The denial of Secret Service. How can this be possible how, at this point? I mean, how can it be possible that a presidential candidate? I thought everybody got it. And the idea that he's being denied. I'm not a fan of RFK Jr. running a third party, but I, I think this is insanity. Well, there, obviously, RFK Jr. should be having Secret Service protection. I mean. You know, his father was murdered. His uncle was murdered. He's a target. If anybody is a target in America, he is the same as the president would be. And he should have that Secret Service protection. He should have had it months ago. 
I, 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 and, and the, and the fact is, and the, the facts in this column, the thing you referenced is that it was personally denied by Mayorkas. In other words, Mayorkas was the one who got to make the call on that and denied the, the, uh, coverage. All right. So uh, back broadly, John, how does this play for the voters? Do you think? Again, you've been a, a, an observer and a participant in politics for 50 years. How do you think it's playing out for, for voters? Uh, well, we certainly see how it's playing out for Republicans. Uh, now, how it's playing out for the country as a whole who are not uh, Republicans, well, that remains to be seen. Um, things are going to happen in these court cases, and there could be events that would shift the narrative, as they say. So, But there's it's it's a moving target. So far, I would say it looks like uh, Trump has been able to exploit this for his own benefit, and I think that can continue, but it's going to take you know, a tremendous effort by the legal team and the political team to uh, keep things going as they are for a few more months. It's um, it is uh, amazing to watch as a you know some a lawyer and someone who cares about this stuff to see how far it's gone. So all right, John Schlafly, thank you again. Uh, appreciate you being on and uh, appreciate you uh, hanging in there a week after week uh, writing a column. Uh, thanks very much, John. We will uh, take a break and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. We'll be back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. People often say that the more things change, the more they stay the same. Politics is no exception to this rule. The rise of the 24-hour news cycle may have contributed to the downfall of public discourse, but leftists were embracing empty theatrics many decades ago. Deep in the Phyllis Schlafly archives in the heart of America in St. Louis, Missouri, there is a hilarious story that should both inform and challenge today's conservatives. You may have heard before how Phyllis waged a successful 10-year battle against the feminists to defeat the phony Equal Rights Amendment. However, what you may not have heard is that a group of seven feminists instigated a 40-day hunger strike to protest Illinois' refusal to ratify the ERA. When Phyllis was asked to comment on the hunger strike, her wit was as sharp as ever. She went on the record saying, it's a good idea if you're overweight. Then she proceeded to point out that none of the seven strikers were actually from the state that they were striking against, which quickly deflated their demonstration. The end of this story is not what you might think. Several weeks into the strike, one of the strikers approached Phyllis in the rotunda of the Illinois State Capitol. She came not to heckle, but to ask for Phyllis's autograph. Even though they were on opposite sides of the issue, the striker acknowledged that Phyllis would be in the history books. Phyllis gave her the autograph, and the two reportedly conversed without any harsh words being exchanged. While the theatric shenanigans employed by leftists are still alive and well today, something is different. Sadly, in a world where everyone who disagrees with you must be a racist bigot, there's no room to come together like Phyllis and that striker did. Conservatives should take note. We must always be ready with an answer to defend what is right. But we must never let our differences cloud our ability to see the opposition as being worthy of respect. All are made 
in the image and likeness of God, even liberals. Who knows? Your choice to be steadfast but kind may give you allies you never knew you had. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. In 2016, the conservative movement lost one of our strongest leaders, but Mrs. Schlafly's work and her voice continue through this radio program, our work in Washington, and the influence you have in your own community. Be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. We encourage you to bookmark phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Hey, welcome back to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Height here to wrap up the show for us today, sitting in for Mr. Ed Martin. He was here with us for a couple of great interviews that he was able to record, and I was glad to be here with you to listen to them. But uh, I am here to close us out today, and glad to be with you, glad to be doing it. What a great show. Uh, let me remind you, before we kick off, go to ProAmericaReport.com. That's Ed's Substack. You'll be able to see what he's talking about, writing about in long form. Also, go to PhyllisSchlafly.com. That is where you will find all of the Pro-America Report archives, the podcasts, the individual segments from guests, also all of the notes and resources and links, and of course the all-important wink email that comes into your inbox every weekday morning. That's where you can sign up, phyllisschlafly.com. You can also, shameless self-promotion, find your way to the Unauthorized Caucus page where you'll get to see my program that goes up live every Thursday, comes out as a podcast afterward, live streams at noon as a video. You won't want to miss that either. There's a lot of good discussions that go on over there. Happens to be a lot of the same uh, topics and the same interests that uh, happen here on the Pro-America Report. Head on over. ProAmericaReport.com PhyllisSchlafly.com. Don't miss out on all the fun. But let me wrap us up today. There's a couple of things that I wanted to pull up and make sure you saw. And then also I'm going to tie them together in a nice little bow. I want to make sure that we um, bring this up. So something um, something happened today. I saw came out uh, that we should talk about. And then, of course, there is also hold on. Let me let me pull it up here. Let me pull it up here. Uh, February 20th. Nope. Never mind. Not today. (laughs) This happened a couple days ago. Uh, Tucker Carlson joined Glenn Beck on the blaze. And in the process of that interview, talking about his interview with uh, Vladimir Putin, this very now infamous interview with Vladimir Putin, Tucker brought up Boris Johnson's criticism. Boris Johnson, the former prime minister of Great Britain, uh, the United Kingdom, he brought up his criticism of the interview and uh, Boris Johnson calling him out, called Tucker a tool of the Kremlin, I think. Well, guess what? Tucker, as he's oft want, uh, often want to do, asked him for an interview, said, fine, let's talk about it. Talk about it to me on the show. And uh, the word came back through advisors to Boris Johnson. Yeah, he'll sit down and do an interview with you for a million dollars. Are you kidding me? For a million bucks? This is nuts. If you're going to give a public opinion, you ought to come on and give a public interview. Talk about it. But I think that this uh, is just the opportunity. And, and here's, here's, the, here's the takeaway that I've got from it. You're not so much a public servant as you are milking the system to enrich yourself. Uh, And and this tells me greatly that uh, throughout this whole process, whether it was Boris Johnson heading to Ukraine to tank a peace deal or any of the other things that he's done, he wasn't there as a public servant. He was in office uh, getting his due, getting his uh, enrichment, his power, his influence, whatever it was, answering to the people who put him there or helped him get there. And it was uh, all for that gain. And I tell you what, it's the same thing happening across the pond here in America. Uh, Another very interesting uh, clip. And I'm going to link both of these, by the way, this clip of Tucker talking. 
talking about the Boris Johnson interaction, or rather the lack of Boris Johnson interaction. I'm going to link that uh, in the show notes and also on social media. And also, there is a video that you need to see. Last week, of course, a, a judgment came down from the New York uh, civil case, the civil fraud trial going on against Trump and the Trump organization. And uh, New York Attorney General Letitia James, who at this point has proven herself to be one of the most politically motivated figures in America. She came out and gave a performance that was worthy of daytime soap operas. It was full of, of, of what are some of the words I saw to describe it? Smugness and indignation and all sorts of things. Absolutely just flabbergasting to watch the vitriol that is unfit for the office of Attorney General of the State of New York, and yet Letitia James came out and gave such a talk and talked about uh, the civil judgment against the Trump Organization and all of the ways that they were punishing uh, the officers of the Trump Organization, Donald Trump himself. This, you know, whether it's Boris Johnson demanding a million dollars to come on and give a public interview, whether it's Letitia James talking about these hundreds of millions that are going to be stripped away from the Trump organization and this and that, the punishment that is continuing to happen to their political foe, even outside the political system. They're going after his business and they're banning him, banning his officers from even being a part of financial businesses inside the state of New York. This is an absolute window into the truth that these people not only are in this for their own gain, their own enrichment, their own self uh, aggrandizement, these people also are going to stop at nothing to destroy their political opponents, to run roughshod over their political opponents. This has nothing to do with serving the people. This has nothing to do with serving the global community, Boris Johnson, and, and trying to destroy the peace accords in Europe. This has everything to do with answering to a master and destroying your opponents. Everything to do with it. Because, it, 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 and this is the, the Trump civil fraud trial proves to me this, we will go scorched earth. We will make sure that you regret ever having challenged us, and we will continue to go for it even after you're out of the public eye. This is what that means. And, and you look at the Letitia James, this, the, with a straight face, she can deliver these remarks. And then Boris Johnson, his, his people with a straight face, presumably, they can ask for a million dollars for an interview. Are you kidding me? These folks think that they're untouchable. These elitists believe that they are completely untouchable and above the system and they are revealing themselves to us. They are not even bothering to hide anymore. We get to see it. We get to see it all play out in real time. I tell you what, this is the clarion call. You and I and everyone else in America, everyone else across the globe who understands what is going on, this is the clarion call to throw off the rule of these supposed elites, to get rid of them out of the laurels of government, to return to a representative republic, uh, to return to a representative system. These people are absolutely not there for public service. It's time to ditch them and get back to some public servants who serve the people again, right? All right. That's my wrap-up for today. Go and check out those two videos. Thank you for being here and being a part of it. A great couple of interviews today and a great uh, opening to the Pro-America Report program. Thank you to Ed for being such a wonderful host. He always has great guests and good thoughts, and I'm really appreciative of his leadership of this show. Thank you to Mason, my co-producer, for helping me keep all the trains on time, as we say. And thank you to you for being a part of our listening Pro-America Report family. Go to ProAmericaReport.com, PhyllisSchlafly.com. We'll see you back here tomorrow on the Pro-America Report. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.